Hi everyone, my name is Lynn Patterson, also known as Poetry and Tings, and you are now listening to Adult Happy Hour. Tonight's theme is pleasure. Welcome everyone. Before we jump into our episode, just want to say a quick word. I am not a sex therapist or a sex educator. I am simply someone who enjoys talking about all things sensuality, eroticism, uh, sexual pleasure, and sexual health. These are messy conversations about sex um, that are necessary in order for us to ensure that we are defining what pleasure means to us. Um, And as this is our first season, we welcome feedback, especially as it pushes us to be more inclusive. In the future, I hope to be able to provide you with a plethora of resources and to have guests on the show who are experts in these topics. We appreciate your patience with us in advance. Hi everyone, welcome to episode two of Adult Happy Hour. As I said, our topic for tonight is pleasure. Um, So I want to jump right in and start with defining uh, what pleasure is. So I looked up the definition on dictionary.com and here's what it says. Pleasure refers to experiences that make us feel good. It involves the enjoyment of something. It is closely related to value, desire, and action. So um, I think sometimes, I I really wanted to talk tonight about pleasure because I think sometimes um, people immediately associate the word pleasure with sex. Um, But I think the concept of pleasure is actually a very um, nuanced definition. And um, I'm continuing to learn and grow in my own understanding of defining um, what enjoyment, uh, joy, all those like wonderful things, what they look like in my life. And so it's been really important to me to really dig into understanding uh, the different types of pleasure that we can experience. Um, And sexual pleasure is just one of them. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means tonight. Um, I started my work of understanding deeper what pleasure um, is and the nuances of Um, that concept when I picked up a really great book by um, an educator named Adrienne Marie Brown. And the book is called Pleasure Activism. And um, this is a book that just like really changed my entire life. It really taught me to think differently about um, what liberation looks like, how we make space for people, um, how people who are living um, in bodies and identities that are not always like represented in the mainstream, like how that impacts um, 
access to pleasure. Um, and um, it just, yeah, it just really forced me to think about the world a lot differently. And ever since I read that book, I've been really trying to cultivate um, pleasure-based practices in my life. Um, and we'll also talk more about what pleasure-based practice looks like. But yeah, I can't, I can't um, talk about this book enough. And it starts with one of my favorite essays, which is uh, by Audre Lorde called um, Power of the Erotic. Um, and so I knew when I first picked it up that it was going to be an amazing read and it did not disappoint. Um, so the concept of pleasure activism was one that was uh, sort of new to me. Um, and I think I'm still like, I think sometimes in life, there are things that are like working definitions. And that means that like, you know, once you experience something, you don't just like firm up that language around at one time, but it takes like multiple encounters and experiences to really develop our understanding of something. And I think uh, pleasure activism is like that. So I'm still developing in my understanding, but I want to share with you um, what Adrian Marie Brown said in a recent interview. So she was asked to um, define what pleasure is, and we'll link the article in our show notes, but she was asked to define what pleasure activism is. And she said, Learning that pleasure gets lost under the weight of oppression, and it is a liberatory work to reclaim it, making justice and liberation the most pleasurable experiences that we can have. The other thing is that it feels important that we stop shaming people for the pleasures that they are able to find in this life. And so I really, uh, I really love that she um, illustrates the connection between pleasure and liberation in her definition um, and centers people um, who, you know, may not be centered often in conversations around joy and pleasure. And um, as I said, it's really been pushing my thinking on what that means and probably is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. So shout out to Adrienne Marie Brown. Thank you. Um, I also want to take a moment to talk about like what some of the things that get in the way of our pleasure might be. And um, there's this concept uh, called pleasure gaps. Um, and so that's just thinking about like the societal structures that are in place that sort of, um, you know, like they communicate to us what is quote unquote normal or um, like they're just misconceptions that people have that are super pervasive in our society. So I want to talk about what some of those are. Um, so one pleasure gap is um, fear-based pleasure, oblivious sex education. So meaning that like when we are learning about uh, sex specifically in pleasure when we're young people, that um, oftentimes we can be taught about these topics in a fear-based mentality. So like for me, what that looks like is that I grew up in church and was often like um, told that purity and obedience were like two of the most important things um, that I could cultivate in my life. And so um, sex was sort of seen as this like dirty thing that I needed to stay far away from. Um, 
And it's taken a lot of unlearning to get away from that. But yeah, another pleasure gap is um, just the way that we view um, like what intercourse is. So oftentimes um, people think of sex as uh, penetration and there are like so many different ways that we can experience sexual pleasure with a person and um, clitoral stimulation is often not something that's focused on. In fact, I think scientists didn't even like discover the clit until like 1950 something or 1960 something. So um, yeah, we just got a long way to go in understanding like what feels good for everyone for like over 50% of the population, but I digress. Um, and then the last thing is just, uh, like just making sex a like taboo in our society. So, um, one of the reasons I really wanted to start this, uh, podcast and why I started adult happy hour is because um, we just don't talk about sex enough. And like, we expect everyone to get things right. We expect everyone to say things perfectly, or we expect them not to say anything at all. And the thing is, as all of us learn more, as our society learns more, we get better language, we get better at describing like, where we are and what feels good for us. But like, we don't do that if we don't talk about it. So like, most of us are gonna have sex in our life. So let's just like talk about it because it's a beautiful thing. Um, pleasure is a beautiful thing. And again, pleasure is not just associated with sex, but like some of the gaps in where we are in the conversation is just not like talking about the nuances of it. So in the spirit of talking about pleasure, we asked our online community to um, define what pleasure looks like for them. And so um, before I read some of the answers, just want to remind you that we do often take uh, the answers from our online community, which is on Instagram in my story every Thursday. And if you would like to participate, please make sure you follow me at Poetry in Tings letter N, and then things without the H, and then you can jump into the conversation there. We have lots of fun, and sometimes there's nakedness, but that's not why you should tune in, because it's informative, but everybody likes a little ass and titties, I'm just saying. Anyway, let me get back to the point. Okay, so we talked to our online community, and um, we asked them to tell us what pleasure looks like for them. And I just thought these answers were so beautiful because actually none of them have anything to do with sex. And I love that because, again, pleasure is so nuanced. So people said dancing in the mirror, um, throwing on some black lipstick helps, my, helps me channel my inner Lilith. I love that. That's witchy as fuck and I'm into it. Um, and then someone else said bubble baths with cake. Also into that. Um... Uh, someone else said oiling my skin and that resonates with me because I actually deep condition my hair every Sunday and it's such a beautiful like ritual that I have with myself that uh, cultivates beautiful curls and um, self-love. Um, another person said new lingerie is fun and cute pajamas. They're just for me and make me feel very confident. Oh, I love that. Um, Another person said getting my hair done. <laughs> Someone else said being slutted out. 
Okay, so there was something about sex. But hey, if that's what's for you, I love it. I love it for you. And I love it for me sometimes too. But um, topic for another day. Uh, Another person said writing about me and shopping, getting new things. Nice. Any kind of dancing also resonates with me because y'all know I'm a dancer. And yeah, so I love, again, I love all of these answers because um, most of them are not even necessarily about sex. It's just about like, what brings you joy? What makes you feel more present in your life? And um, naming what that is so you can get more of it out of life is a beautiful thing. One time, one of my good friends, I had dinner with him and he told me that he was cultivating more happiness in his life. And he realized that every time he cooks for someone and they take the first bite and they're just so satisfied and they get that look on their face, it brings him so much joy that he just wants to like do that over and over again. And I think that's such a beautiful like metaphor because it's like, what are those moments, what are those small moments that just make your soul smile and how can you get more of those out of life? So thank you for your answers. I would love to also share with you some of my answers. So um, I try to think about the different ways that I cultivate pleasure and self-love. And so um, the first one that I have is sensual selfies. So for me, sensual selfies are really powerful because it helps me to make sure that I'm seeing my body and that I'm able to like embrace all of its abundance without shame. Um, I get very serious about my sensual selfies and I got a whole tripod and some lights and some lingerie. And so it's a whole setup when I get ready to do it. And I love looking back at the pictures and just like appreciating myself because sometimes I'm also able to appreciate myself more in the past than when I'm in the present. So it's nice to like affirm that like, bitch, you always bad. Like, look at this picture you took. So yeah, sensual selfies. Um, The next thing is having like an embodied practice. So I think that sometimes the lives that we live like take us so far to, so far out of the present that um, it can be difficult just to like remember to be in your body. And I think that's sometimes like why people enjoy going to like music festivals and going to the club and, you know, like twerking or doing yoga. Cause like when you're doing stuff like that, you literally can't think of anything else but being right there. Um, and so for me, an embodied practice looks like um, definitely dancing. That's why I'd be salsa dancing in my kitchen, on the dance floor, wherever the case may be. I'd be twerking too. Um, and any sort of sensual movement uh, might be helpful. Also like body awareness meditation. So doing like body scanning um, and checking in with yourself and finding places that feel uh, good on your body or that could feel better um, is another thing that helps me to experience pleasure. Uh, I would also say um, to go along with that positive affirmation. So for me, when I write an affirmation, I try to imagine my highest, most confident self and write an affirmation as whoever that person is. And then I stand in front of the mirror and I say that affirmation over and over again until like 
I believe in myself. And sometimes I don't always believe in myself. Sometimes, you know, I'm like getting there. I'm convincing myself. But eventually it like seeps in and you start to interrupt those voices that might tell you uh, differently about how you should feel. Um, Another pleasure-based practice that I have is just thinking about how to decolonize my mind and my body. So I think that uh, sometimes there's so many expectations that um, people have about who we should be um, that get in the way of us experiencing pleasure. And often these um, ideas that people have are steeped in things like racism, classism, ableism, Um, heteronormativity and misogyny. And so I think it's important for us to like recognize that we all um, have grown up in a society that has certain ideals, but like we don't have to subscribe to any of them. And when we do the work of being aware of what they are, we can start to, um, you know, just be thoughtful about unlearning them and then putting practices in place that help us to get to our most authentic um, pleasure, happy selves. Um, I got two more. One is masturbation. (laughs) So I think that one, I think masturbation is like a meditative practice and, uh, I'll talk more about that when we're going to do a whole episode on self pleasure and masturbation. But yeah, I think it's great for manifestation. Um, Studies have found that masturbation helps you to understand your body better, uh, reduce stress. It could help you sleep better and it just feels good. I think what I'm learning is like your sacral chakra is sacred and the sexual relationship that you have with yourself is really beautiful. And sometimes like we don't Uh, make time to explore that and to remember that we can like give ourselves uh, like arousal and pleasure and that it is a beautiful thing. And then um, last but not least is a sex-based pleasure uh, activity and that is kink exploration. So it is my firm belief that every single person has a kink Um, especially as it relates to sex. But often the way that people frame kinks is about the extremes um, versus like everything in life, which is a spectrum. So I think uh, sometimes because we see kinks represented in their extreme, we don't explore them as much as we should. But being able to define your kinks help you to experience more pleasure and advocate for what you like from your partners. So I want to talk more in depth about this. In a 2013 study, scientists found some surprising benefits of kink exploration. People experienced increased confidence, became more extroverted, were more open to new experiences, became more conscientious of their partners, and experienced less rejection sensitivity. Um, so I think, again, like kink exploration, super important to defining what, um, is for you as it relates to getting pleasure from your intimate experiences with, um, other people or with yourself. And so, um, I wanted to dig in 
more into like what the different types of kinks are. Um, and so some of these you guys might be familiar with, but some of them uh, might be new. And as I as I share some of these, I also want you to be thinking about like, you know, what uh, resonates with you? Where um, can you see your interests like when you're exploring with your partners or even when you're like watching porn? What time of what type of things are you cluing into that tell you the things that uh, you like and that give you pleasure? Um, so some common kinks are role playing, worship, exhibitionism and voyeurism, sensation play, um, group sex, orgasm control, restraints and bondage, psychological play, impact play, and virtual sex. Um, so I think, you know, we create an environment where we all can be honest with each other. So I'm going to share uh, what my kinks are with you guys. <laughs> okay, so um, as I've been exploring kinks, I've realized that I'm really into um, exhibitionism and voyeurism. I, I like being in situations where I could be caught by someone and I might continue um, regardless of whether they're watching. Um, I'm into sensation play. So I've recently got into restraints and um, I think it took me a really long time to get into restraint play because a lot of what they show on TV has to do with uh, like bondage and leather. And like, I'm not into that. I'm like a baby girl. And so like when I went, I bought some Fenty line lingerie and I found these rhinestone restraints on Fenty and I just like love the idea of just being like glam the fuck out and pulling out these rhinestone fucking handcuffs and tying someone up and getting real nasty on them like that does it for me all right as you can tell because I got very into that um I'm also into um I think my biggest kink that I've realized is worship. So I really enjoy when someone like worships my pussy, like when they can't get enough of it, can't stop talking about it, um, want to eat it all the time, like all that kind of stuff. I'm into it. Um, and so those are my kinks. <laughs> Sorry, dad, if you're listening. <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> I want to also talk about kink safety, because that is important. Um, exploring kinks can be a little bit scary because, you know, like I said, everything is a spectrum. So like some people like pain during sex, and that might mean like getting a really hard hickey on your neck and other people want you to break skin. And like, I don't shame anyone for their kinks, but like there is a spectrum to everything. So as you're thinking about exploring kinks, um, there's four things that I found that can help to create a positive um, environment for you and your partners. And the first one is communication. So um, having really clear discussions with your partners about your desires, expectations, and your boundaries. And I even found um, like some resources that talk about boundaries as like your hard boundaries, and your soft boundaries and being really clear about what those are. 
The second thing is also communication because communication is so important. It needed to be on here twice. So this in this um, part of communication, just talking about your fantasies and allowing yourself to really dream about what turns you on most and like telling your partner what those things are so that you can identify areas where it might be exciting to you more than it is scary to continue exploring. And then um, (laughs) the third thing is just like consider starting small. You know, my word for 2021, one of my words is ease. And so, you know, before you go full throttle into something, you might want to just try it light at first. Like, you know, I have people that have told me to try butt plugs and I, I haven't done it just yet. But like, I'm not going to get the biggest butt plug in the store. Like I'm going to get a small one and I'm going to increase the size until I can handle it because like, you know, just start small, just relax. Okay. Um, and you know, sometimes things get scary when you go too big. Um, but yeah, stories for other days. All right. So the last thing is aftercare. Um, So when you're trying something new with a partner or partners, just having a plan for what happens after you try that. So like, you know, if you're easing into something or your partner's doing something that's like out of their comfort zone, just talking about like, after we do this thing, um, what would make you feel good? And maybe that's like, cuddling, maybe that's kissing one another and staring into each other's eyes. Maybe it's a debrief of the experience so that you guys can like talk about what happened and make sure that everyone feels good. But whatever it is that you and your partner need to continue um, feeling comfortable enough with each other to explore. All right, that brings us to Pillow Talk with Lynn. Um, So we had some people message me in my DMs on Instagram to talk about uh, their experiences and their thoughts on the topic of pleasure. And um, so one person reached out and was reflecting on um, just the kink exploration that we just talked about. And they said, I always forget about adult happy hours. Sad, but I must say I learn a lot from your stories. I don't know if I have a kink. Maybe I'm thinking way too deep, but also maybe it's possible because there are labels for everything now. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but that just proves my point about how close-minded I was. I used to think kinks had to be from one extreme to another, but again, all I know is I like being in control. I like to dictate shit, and I like for my partner to be verbal. I like to see my partner please themselves, and I like a good kisser. I am reserved, so I'm wondering what possessed me to participate, lol. Oh, I love this for so many reasons. One, because uh, turn on your post notifications so you can remember every Thursday. What the hell? Secondly, um, I I feel like a lot of people, including myself, like probably thought of kinks like this as well from one extreme to the other because it's all we really see um, on TV. Like I asked my best friend. <laughs> asked my best friend to tell me what her thoughts were on kinks and what's the first thing that came to her mind. And she said, feet. 
<laughs> and I was like, what? Bitch, what? And she was like, you know, because people have foot fetishes. And so, yeah. So, like, I think, you know, a lot of what we've seen is either, like, perversion or, like, going to the extreme. And I just think that um, kinks are a spectrum. And maybe you like a cute pair of toes, but you don't necessarily want them in your mouth or anywhere else on your body. But someone else might. And that's their prerogative. Um, yeah, period. <laughs> so uh, next we have um, someone reached out to me to share uh, a specific kink that they have that I just really, I think, illustrates or goes back to the um, the work of decolonizing what pleasure means and thinking outside of like, what the norms are. So he said, <clears throat> for me, the pleasure is being dominated by my woman. As a black man, the world requires so much of me to be strong, have to keep it all together and not be down for too long. So when I feel overwhelmed by that expectation, <clears throat> I desire my woman to dominate me, to take the physical and mental edge off of me. This gives me the ability to continue to go out into the world and attack it as I need to. And I just thought that that was like so, I don't know, it was just so poignant because um, I think sometimes when, uh, I think sometimes we make judgments of people and like, you know, everyone's everyone's kinks are just so different and can come from really deep places and once we're in touch with our own needs like we can we can name what our kinks are without feeling shame about them and um yeah just get more of what we need out of life so I appreciate you um for sharing that with me and um last but not least we have two people who reached out to us um and left a voice note so I'm gonna share those with you now Hey, Lynn. Congrats, girl. So we're talking about self-pleasure and self-love, right? So I, I just think it's so important that we, we honor and love our entire selves. And, you know, a lot of times we exclude pleasure from love, from self-love, because we up to somebody else we make that someone else's responsibility we wait for someone else to provide that for us but when we are intentional about showing up for ourselves in that way creating our own pleasure you know it it sets the tone for how you expect someone else to show up for you you know and it allows you to really know all of who you are, all of what you like, what you don't like, what works, how it works, when it works. And it's, it's just so important that we are intentional about it and make time for it regularly. Because, you know, when you take care of yourself in that way, you got a whole extra little oomph about you, you know, a little extra pep in yourself. Because you, you are responsible for creating your own pleasure. You know that you have that power. And that's really what it is. It's the power to create pleasure. 
Hi, Lynn. Congratulations. Thank you for having me. So I'm here to share my view on pleasure that's unconventional. You know, do I like to be touched? Of course. Do I like to touch myself? Of course. But there's something about the mental connection that actually drives me deeper than the physical touch. So my unconventional view of pleasure is that if you have my brain wrapped up in you, you don't even have to touch me to make me come. All I have to do is think about that moment we had, those laughs we shared, that book we read together. If I can imagine it, I can feel it. And to me, that's the best feeling ever. Thank you for having me, Beja. Damn, my pussy's a little wet after listening to that one. <laughs> We're going to cut that out. Um, or leave it in. Uh, but, yeah, one shout-out to all my sapiosexual um, lovers. That is definitely a kink that we should add to our list. Um, and thank you for that just really empowering view of, like, how we can view uh, pleasure in so many different ways with ourselves. Um, I appreciate you guys. If you're interested in being on an episode, just hit me up in my DMs and let me know. Um, yeah, so with that, that's going to bring us to the end of our second episode of Adult Happy Hour. We appreciate you for tuning in. I'm going to share um, some of my closing thoughts. So. Um, as we've been talking about the topic of pleasure, I think that I am continuing to grow in my understanding of how pleasure intersects with other areas and aspects of my life and how, um, especially as a Black woman, I can be mindful of just reclaiming some of my space and um, really empowering myself to define what pleasure looks like to me and getting more of it out of my life. Um, I'm also thinking about, uh, just the different ways that we all experience pleasure and how nuanced they are. Um, I, it, like I said, my word for 2021 is ease. So I'm easing into things and I'm really doing that so that I can pay attention to whatever those small moments are that make me feel more alive. And I want to get more of those out of life. And then, um, Last but not least, I'm thinking about how um, I can continue to create space for people to talk about their um, kinks without shame and judgment because, uh, like I said, I think we all have them. I think they're on a spectrum, and I think that the more um, we make the topic less taboo, the more people are going to be able to um, like have the sexual language to have super healthy encounters and relationships with other people. And it'll just make our society better because most of us are having sex. So let's enjoy it. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you all for tuning in. This has been our second episode of Adult Happy Hour on Pleasure. If you enjoyed what you heard this evening, we would love Love, love for you to support our podcast by subscribing to it, um, leaving us a positive review, uh, following us um, on Instagram. What else? Uh, share the podcast on your social media. 
with all your friends, especially Twitter and Facebook, because I'm not on there, and I would appreciate you so much. Um, and if you're if you're just here for the vibes, send us some good vibes in the atmosphere. We appreciate that. Um, and hopefully we will see you next week. Not hopefully, be here. Be here next week, because next week we're going to talk about some other stuff. So episode three, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks. Bye. <sighs>